Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one... The only Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah! Pucko! Grab your friends, it's that time Stop again! again. And welcome to the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my remarkable co-hosts. Mr. Maximus. And Sublime Manic. And as always, we are here to bring you the Puckle Podcast, a nonsensical name that we came up with in 2004. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, it, it, of course, stands for the Pokemon Underground Champions League. I can't top the one from like three weeks ago where we talked about peanut butter and it being like an acronym for peanut butter. Uh, but... Uh, welcome to the Puckle Podcast, the Pokemon Underground Champions League, where we talk everything Pokemon from the video game to the trading card game to even the Pokemon trading figure game from time to time, which actually turned into Pokemon Duel. Fun fact. Uh, that mobile app that nobody plays. It gets constantly updated. I think updated. Snag plays it. Does he? I think Snag plays it. Okay. So we'll ask him. We'll have to ask Snag because I'm pretty... I don't know. Like I, I played it a little bit and then I stopped playing Pokemon Duel and... I'm just not a huge fan, personally. But welcome back to the show if you're old. Uh, welcome if you're new. Uh, we're, of course, going to be talking some Pokemon today. We're going to be talking about some Pokemon spinoff games. Uh, unfortunately, not Pokemon Duel today, I don't think, unless we get there. Uh, but, of course, before we get there, we're going to just do our normal intro. We're going to go ahead, jump into some news, do the Poke Quiz, then the topic, and then close everything out with the Pokemon of the episode and our listener mailbags. So, yeah, let's kick it off. How you guys been doing? We'll start with you, Maximus. Um, I've been pretty good as far as Pokemon goes. I've like I've been not playing Pokemon Duel. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um actually been going on showdown trying to get my battling style back in order. Oh, how's that going? It's more or less. I definitely know where I'm rusty. Like I still haven't fully grasped with the new Pokemon that've been introduced in the generation 7. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get a feel on how they play their part against some of the Pokemon I know and hold true and dear to my heart. 
because in my mind, I will always use them no matter where they <laughs> rank. Oh, man, and some just... of them aren't good, not that good anymore. Some of them actually are being used in different ways than I never thought they've been used, but it works. Uh, like which one? Like which ones? Just like as an example. Um, well, I'll start with my icon, um, Blyscore. Mm-hmm. Back in Gen 6, it was my bread and butter when it came to battling. And like, if whenever someone saw a glass score, people would say, "Oh, that's Maximus, definitely." Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, when I think of Maximus, I think of Gliscore. You're not wrong, right? Yeah, because we all have our iconic Pokemon, like our icons that we use for most part. Some of ours are changed, but of course, we got Whimsicott, obviously, with the like, her name being the fluffiest Whimsicott. We know Scrawn got his not well. Scrawn is with um, Crobat. Well, yeah. he's changed because now he's Toxapex. But yeah. Yeah, well, we're going like back, like beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like I said, some of them are changed, and then they change to like the new Pokemon, uh, and it's just like that. But um, but Snivy I... will always be in style. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you're yes. right. You're right, Sublime. Snivy, yeah. not Superior. Yeah, Snivy. I mean, I love Superior too, but it's all about Snivy. Snivy plays pretty well in Little Cup, though. Fun fact. That contrary, you know, just just putting out a little bit of uh, advertisement for Little Cup there. <laughs> but yeah, anything else, Maximus? Um, well, I was saying, um, I use it more of a special defensive wall than defensive wall now. Mm-hmm. Just said pretty much something like that with new threats. He's it's even able to lift ice attacks now to some degree, but other than that, not much. Oh, interesting. Oh man, what about you, Sublime? What have you been up to? Uh, so I've been. I did my very first uh, Pokemon Go Community Day, and it was awesome. Oh man, I did that too. It was great. Yeah, I got a shiny Dragonite and a regular Dragonite, and actually, the regular Dragonite is my very first Pokemon to break the three thousand CP uh, level. Ooh. So that was exciting. Um, yeah, my Lugia was super close, but I don't have enough candy for it at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, it's just been going good. Uh, life is busy. But next week <laughs> is spring break, so I'll probably play some Pokemon oh, then. That's, that's true. The next week is spring break. Oh, For man. Those, get it. <laughs> yeah, right? But my favorite part about spring break isn't that I get to not go to school. It's that I don't have undergraduates to work with. That's so my they don't favorite show part. up. That's, yeah. yeah, that's great, too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to deal with children. That's my oh, yeah, favorite part. There's no traffic in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, my favorite part about spring break is legitimately just like nobody being on campus. I can get a way better parking spot and I can just go to work and not be bothered. Everyone wins. Yeah, I, I'm OK with going to work those days. I mean, it's my life at this point, right? Yeah. Outside of Puckle, like my life is doing science. And so... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mind going in because what else am I going to do? Like, I guess I'll do laundry. That's that's about it, though, right? Like, I'll take care of things around the house, but in the in between, I'm either working on Puckle or I'm working on some kind of data set. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, spring break. That's that's true. It's happening. <laughs> that's true. Oh man. So outside of that, I, I've been working on my thesis, and that's pretty much it. Like, that was my life this week. That is your life for the next two months. Yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully before then I'll be done with it because I'm supposed to. So the way the system works is I have to have the thesis done two weeks before I defend mm-hmm. because so I have. Can... Well, it's mostly because like because the thesis gets published. And they want to go ahead and put the they want to publish it on the uh, whatever on their website or whatever. 
but they want it in a certain format. And so I have to go put it in this certain format. And then two weeks before my thesis defense, they go and they like check all the formatting for two weeks. And then they'll, then they'll make sure it's okay. So that when I defend and I'll probably pass without a problem there, hopefully let fingers crossed. And that that's the big thing. You have to do that. And so trying to get it done, I'm trying to get it done by the end of uh, spring break by the end, by like the 16th or something. I'm kind of hoping to have it done. We'll see though. We'll see. But that is going to be it for this right now. We'll kick it on over, though, guys, to the news. So let's cue that epic music. Coming to you live from the Lavender Town Radio Tower, this just in. All right, and welcome to the news. In the news, we have a few stories, not too many, but a few. So first of all, if you are signed up for the Pokemon Trainers Club newsletter, you can go ahead and check your email inboxes here in the next week or two, and you should be able to get your Regigigas slash Heatran code, whichever game you're going to use it with. So that's how you get those this month. Unfortunately, if you haven't already signed up, you're not going to be able to get it. That's that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate for all of you. Um, But... You can also, but you could ask a friend. Maybe you can find a friend. Or you could just be like, oh man, I've been playing Pokemon for 20 years, so I already have like seven Regigigas. And not worry about it. That's my frame of mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed because I'm going to get the wrong one. Which, which one? one you're going to get Regigigas probably, right? Yeah, I want to eat Tran. Yep. It depends on version. It's pretty much which one is version exclusive in your version. That's the one you don't get. Also, it's really weird that they made Heatran and Regigigas version exclusives in Ultras on Ultra Moon, by the way. Completely. That is is really out of left field. But, oh well, that that's the thing that's happening. If uh, The next thing is, on Pokemon Day, which was earlier this week on the 27th of February, they actually had, um, they revealed a full-on trailer for the next Pokemon movie, Pokemon the Movie 21, which actually looks, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm interested with it. Just because they're no longer just using these like side stories for the Ash that we know, it's some other universe's Ash that's on these adventures. I, I'm really happy that they're go they're, they're gonna keep going with this. It's such an interesting idea, and it allows them to do way more than they have been able to do before because they're no longer constricted by what Ash has going on. And it looks mm-hmm. like Lugia's in it. They're bringing back some aspects from Pokemon the Movie 2000. So I mean, if they could just do Pokemon the Movie 2000 again but better, I'm totally down for it. And that's a good movie. Yeah, right. I, I don't that's know. one of the good ones. I don't know what you guys think about it, but um, I, I'm definitely going to see it if it's in theaters again. I saw Pokemon 2000 in theaters. Well, did you see? Uh, did either of you go to see Pokemon the the 20th movie when it was in theaters uh, no. last year? What? No, I did not. There were a ton of them down in Texas. I'm surprised. I I just didn't feel like going to a Pokemon <laughs> movie. Uh, you know, you the bar is not set high. The bar has not been set high until recently. So I was yeah. like. Not gonna spend money to go see it at a theater. Well, did either especially because they end up on Netflix like six months later. Well, did either of you see Pokemon the twentieth uh, movie yet? Not yet. Ooh. The twentieth movie, yes, I have. The one where Pikachu talks. Um, and but yeah, so I mean, what did you think, Maximus? I thought it was decent. I thought it was a good movie. I had fun with it. Like I said, I didn't see it in theaters, but mm-hmm. it was enjoyable. As far as I, just me being a Pokemon fan, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. I I, I agree with that. I mean, it, I think they just watched it yesterday for the movie night. So that was 
don't know how many people showed up. I forgot to talk to Linian about that because uh, I was unfortunately busy or I would have been there. But yeah, the Puckle movie night, they just did that this uh, past week. So I'm really, I'm, I honestly am very excited for these, um, this next movie, just because Lugia and that's just, it's one of the coolest Pokemon because, you know, they did, it was the whole second generation thing. The first time we're adding Pokemon and it, w- it was just a really cool thing to think about. So I, I'm all for Pokemon, the movie 21. I can't wait to see more. We got some details about some of the characters. They're just like, there's like a bunch of characters. There's that girl that we saw earlier in like the brief trailer we had with like the rainbow hair. She is an Eevee. There's another guy that has a pseudo Wudo, a professor that has a Chansey, and then some old lady that has a Togepi, Smoochum, Totodile, and Meryl. Now, I don't know if she actually owns them or if these are just Pokemon that follow her around, but that that's something that they have. And there's another girl as well. So I'm actually, I'm really curious. I'm really curious to see what happens. Wait, what was the Pokemon list again for those la- for that last group? That last group, it was Totodile, Smoochum, Togepi, and Meryl. If you watch the trailer, oh. it looks like she's yelling at the Pokemon for following her, but they keep following her anyway. Isn't it kind of weird of that list? Because that list just, something, something just popped into my mind when you said that list. Oh, it's because, all Gen 2. Yeah, I know, but would anyone think that that has like some connection to Misty or some sort? Because those are Pokemon that A, she has. That's or, well, Or Pokemon that she wanted. Because in the anime, she wanted Totodile and Smoochum in Gen 2. That's true. You're actually right. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I just, I thought it was just cute that they had these like little Pokemon following her around. I'm sure Totodile is going to be the star. They'll give you everything but Misty because they won't let you have Misty in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I just found that right. weird when you said that list. Like, hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the the uh, actual uh, plot narrative came out as well, and it says, Once a year, a wind festival is festival. Oh, my gosh. I'm really bad at talking today. It's held in Fira City, the city where people live together with the wind. While the ancient belief that the legendary Pokemon Lugia will appear and bring about the blessed wind on the final day of the festival still exists, the peoples that gather in the city participate in the festival while wrapped up in their own thoughts. Lisa, the high schooler and Pokemon rookie. Uh, Kagishi, the braggart that just can't stop telling tall tales. That's the guy with the pseudo Um Trito, the timid researcher that lacks confidence. He has a chancy. Uh... Hisu, the old eccentric that hates Pokemon. Okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah. In the trailer, she just starts yelling at the Totodile, Meryl, Smoochum, and Togepi. So we just have like, like all these small Pokemon that are just following her around. Uh, Largo, the mysterious little girl that hangs around in the forest all by herself. She doesn't have any Pokemon from this trailer. Um, and then these are the people that Ash and Pikachu meet. That that meeting makes everyone's story start start moving forward. That's really interesting. I'm actually I'm very curious. Do you think that they're doing these movies like as their own thing in part because of the anime taking a different aesthetic? I don't know if it's because it's taking a different aesthetic. I think the anime in general is just taking a huge like turn in what it wants to do because the anime just had like that huge arc with Sogaleo and Lunala. And mm-hmm. I, I love that, by the way. Like, I, I think that's fantastic that the anime is starting to embrace more legendaries in a more participatory way than it did prior and I, I think that's awesome especially in in a world where they seem to just be like ash can just do whatever he wants every day <laughs> and then we get like an episode real- where ash like raids a fridge and so it's it, it's just amazing um so good for them and i, I just like it, the anime is becoming something that i think i could watch more and more 
just because not because of the art style change or anything, just because the story directions they're taking with it. Yeah, something that always bothered me when it came to the movies. Is it always is it is weird that it's always convenient that there's always a festival or a celebration that they're always running into in these movies? Right. I mean, it happens a lot in the anime early on too, though. Like, there's just like a ton of random events they walk into. Like you're you're and walking at that specific moment, not like a week later or yeah, exactly. Very just. Exactly. No, I don't know. It's, it is really interesting. I feel like you could rationalize it because if you're on a Pokemon journey, they probably schedule it for like people to experience all the festivals on their journey. Mm. Well, I, that honestly, that makes sense because if you remember Gen 1, like the Indigo Plateau and probably some of Johto, there's like a, a guidebook that Brock has that he always uses to reference where they're going and yeah. stuff like that. Yep. So I, I, I could agree with that. I can see that. But okay, so let's move on then. Uh, so the next thing that's really interesting uh, for those of you competing in the Pokemon VGC is that the international challenge is coming up from the 23rd to the 25th of March. You can register from the 15th to the 22nd and all battles are VGC. I believe you get 15 battles a day. Everyone who enters will get 50 battle points. But if you compete and you do well, you'll actually be eligible for championship points on top of that. So keep that in mind. So that's really interesting, though. So if you want to try, if you want a chance to try to get some battle points, and I can sit on my couch in my underwear and do that, this is your opportunity. It's your opportunity. I'm gonna see if I can get into it, but like I, like you all know, I'm working on my thesis, so I don't know if I'll have time. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But it's really interesting. I like that they're doing that again. Uh, they do it like once every three months or something like that. It seems. So good on them. Good on them. I don't know what the battle. I don't know what the championship point payout is for that either, though. Uh, and then the final piece of news, which is probably the biggest story, let's be completely honest, is that there's Pikachu talk for the Amazon Alexa. I have downloaded it yesterday. Hold up, hold up. Do you want me to use it right now? I do not it's want like you to use it room. right now at all. Okay, I won't use it right now. <laughs> I could. I have the, like, we have the technology. It's fun for about five minutes and then there's nothing else to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's great. You I can imagine it just says its name. Happy birthday. That's probably the most fun thing to do. That's that's. Uh, so I just got. You wish you a happy birthday. I just got an Echo for my birthday um, because it was one of those things I would never buy because I'm scared of Amazon listening to me, and um, and so my in-laws decided to buy me an Echo for my birthday because I just bought like a bunch of smart lights for my house. Because, I love smart lights. Oh yeah, no, I I love it, and I, I I honestly only bought them to build like a build a sunrise alarm clock in my room, without having to buy a sunrise alarm clock. That's like a hundred and fifty bucks. I can go buy some smart light bulbs for like fifty, and it's been really helpful. But the really nice thing with the Amazon Alexa is like I could just get or the Echo is I could just tell it to turn the lights on and off. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, but uh, I tell it to turn the TV on and ooh. off. It's, it's everything. Wow, man. Uh, I guess I, I, for one, welcome our future overlords, Amazon. I mean, they were already listening to you anyway. So. Uh, kind of, right? All right. So that is going to be it for the news in Pokemon. We're going to kick it on over to Puckles Poke Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge.
and welcome to Puckles Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we're going to quiz your host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. As always, they are only allowed to use what's in their brains, so no internet allowed. They have to answer these questions based on what they know about Pokemon. So the goal of the game is to get to 30 points uh, over several weeks. Our co-hosts are going to be acting as a team for those of you who are new to the show and they will be trying to answer these questions. There are going to be five questions. One of them is going to have a bonus point, so that's a total of six questions. However, they are allowed one hint for all five questions, so they can choose which question they want to use the hint on. And if they can get all of the questions correct without using the hint, they can also cash that hint in for a possible total of seven points. And Sublime is actually pretty close. He said 18 points. Tyrus Gron for first place right now. And we're going to see how that goes. So we have we have that going on, and yeah, those are the rules. That's how everything's ready. Um, so if you guys are ready to go, I will ask you the first question. I was born writing. All right, cool. then. So question number one and number two, by the way, come from Claude Nine, and he wants to know, guys, uh, when you catch a Corsola in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, you have a 5% chance that it'll be holding this unique item. This is the only way to get this item in Generation 7. What item is it? Oh, not a pearl. It's not, let's see, not a bottle cap. Does Corsula have like a coral piece or something like that on it? I'm trying to think. Um, trying to think. I have no idea. You catch a Corsula so it's in the decks and you never touch it again. Yeah, so, or you catch it in Pokemon Go to brag about you having it because it's so rare. The only time I was fighting Corsola is when I was trying to get a get a what, what's that Pokemon name? I know the ball form, but that's, oh, uh, uh, Marini, Marini. There we go. That was the only reason I was even fighting Corsola to begin with. Mm-hmm. <sighs> is this like a battle item or it's just an item? I feel like that would be giving a hint. Oh, yeah. really? You want to talk about hints? Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's talk about hints. Here we go. <laughs> I will say it, it, it is a, an item that can be used in battle. Yes. Okay. Oh, then I'm... And I totally... I'm going to need an answer, though. Here you think it. it's just like a hard stone? No, you can get oh. those from Geo. You can you get, can get those, those from anything, you're right. From other rock Pokemon. I need an answer. Oh, what if it's a deep marvel scale? That's something rare-ish, right? It, I have it, no idea. Hey, go for it. I said that's that's a better guess yeah, than I. I mean, I, I can't think of any. Whatever. Let's just say deep marvel scale. That is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is luminous moss. Oh, yeah, that makes that. a lot of sense. Although, you know what? I bet that's not the only way you can get it. I bet you can it's buy it. It's the only way you can get it in Generation 7, apparently. You can't buy the... it in the Battle Tree? I bet you could. Uh, you cannot. Uh, however, it looks like... Uh, I'm double-checking. I'm double-checking for you guys, just to make sure. But even then, I'm still not going to give it to you. Um, no, mm-hmm. the only... Okay, the only way to get it uh, outside of catching a Corsola and it holding it is that if you use a potion... On the Corsola, on the beach, in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, it will give you a Luminous Moss as well. That's very peculiar. So that is the only way, other way to get a Luminous Moss. Uh, so the next question is also from Claude9, and he wants to know, what does the Luminous Moss do? Oh, I know this one. I know this one, actually. Um, Yeah. I believe it boosts a stat when you are hit with either a Grass or a Water type move. Let me think this through. Um, yeah, because it boosts a stat when you're hit by a specific type of move. 
I think it's a defensive stat, but I'm not 100% sure about that. What's your answer? I feel like it gets boosted with a water type or grass, but I'm not sure which. What do you think? Mm. I, I find it weird if it's grass because it's Corsola. It's just all the fat grass is four times effective. I just kind of find it a little weird. Like, I know I've seen this for sale in previous era generations. But sure, there are other items I've seen this happen to. Just the moss. I, before this question, I. Because it's. No. I think it's water. I think it's water. Um, because it would make sense for grass to eat grass, but moss, you know, needs water, and it's under the ocean. So I think it's when you get hit by a water type move. I want to say it boosts your special defense because uh, it was like there's a bunch of like items like that. There's like the battery. I'm gonna need an answer. I'm going to say that it boosts your special defense when you're hit by a water type move. It's good for surf shenanigans, I think. Yeah, in double. Is that your final answer? Is I think it is because I don't know what else it could be. All right, that is correct. Uh, the luminous moss boosts the holder's special defense by one stage when it is hit by a water type move. So there we go. That's one point for you guys today. Things Use are looking good. Things are looking good for you. All right. So next question is going to come to you from. Let's see who sent me one. Um, <laughs> Let's see who sent me one. It is from Sparky on the Discord server. Um, he this one is worth two points. Uh, if you get one one point for each answer, as always. So okay. In Generation One, what types inflicted super effective damage on each other, but do not do this in later generations? Uh-huh. Wait, that one more time. In Generation like- One, what two types of Pokemon? Uh, inflict super effective damage on each other, but do not do it in later generations. So it's on each other, not on themselves. Not on themselves. I'm, on I'm each confused other. About how he's saying, I, I'm kinda... So these two types, um, if they used it, if they attacked each other, they would do super effective damage to each other. So uh, type oh. A, 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 a move of type A would be super effective on a Pokemon of type B, and a move of type B would be super effective on a Pokemon of type A. Got it. Um, well, well, I know it's I wait. Is it a, like combination of types? Because I know no, no. one. It's just two types. It's two types. It's just two types. Okay, because I was concerned because I know like in Gen One, like, like let's say you were facing a Charizard versus an Arnacuno, like Char like an Arnacuno can shoot a super effective Ice Beam at a Charizard. Even nowadays, it'll be neutral mm-hmm. because back then, like. Um, Flying types were the whole ice and flying thing was kind of iffy on that aspect, even though it would be neutral today. Like fire mm-hmm. types didn't cancel out ice types back in the day because it didn't matter. Yeah, this is true. That's why I was kind of concerned. Like we like it's a combination of types or like certain aspect. But okay, so it's just one mm-hmm. specific type. Well, two. Well, there's two types. Well, two. Yeah, well, two yeah but there, it's it's one specific type. Yeah, so you have like a one out of seventeen chance of getting one of them. One out of 15, actually. Oh, yeah, one out of 15. Yeah, you're right. Yep, absolutely. Oh, um, not normal. Not any of the elemental stuff, or at least, like, at least the water grass. What were the types that got changed when they updated the type chart? Oh, psychic, ghost, dragon. Oh, it's not dragon. That's super effective nowadays. Ghost is super effective nowadays to each other. So I know bug changed. It, so it has to either be bug, poison, 
or like some of the less less valuable ones back in the day. I know Bug got changed in the type uh, in Gen two, so I think I want to say Bug is one of them. And I kind of want to say Poison because Poison was only second. Oh, no, I wouldn't say secondary, but and it, and you said the types were super effective, but they were not effective, super effective anymore, correct? They are not super right. effective anymore. Only in Gen one was this uh, was this true. Well, Gen 1 has a lot of bugs and poisons, I feel like, so maybe that is what it is. Is this your final answer? I'm going to go with my... I like that I put forth bug. Are you confident with the poison? I'm just thinking of the other types real quick, but I can't really think of any other types that would disaffect besides dragon, but dragon is so effective nowadays, so that's not it. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say poison. That is correct on both accounts. It is bug and poison. Uh, bug used to be super effective to poison types, and poison types used to be super effective to bug types. Fun fact. Well, huh. teamwork makes the dream work. Right, there you guys go. That gives you guys three points yeah. for today out of, out of right. the four that you've All had a right. chance to get. So we're on to the next question. So this next question uh, comes from me because I found it out today while I was trying to make up a topic for today, but then Sublime came up with a much better one. Uh, while I was perusing Reddit, I found this fun fact out, though. Uh, and I want to know if you guys know what uh, what Pokemon is considered the rarest and most difficult to catch in all of Pokemon to have been the hardest one to locate. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. To acquire? When you say catch, so, you to catch. To catch, not like a mythical. Is this not counting events? Not counting the, any not counting, event not counting events. This is only counting in-game uh, catchability. Um, so this is in terms of, you have to think probably it, so it, I, I'll, I will give you a free hint, um, is that it used to be under, um, it's under 1% if you consider all the factors you need to include in catching this Pokemon. It could be caught easier now, but at one point it was the hardest. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My guess off the back is going to be Phoebus. Wait, is the fine? Also, don't forget can't... you have a hint. You have the hint still and you can't cash it in. Uh, is this the last question? Uh, before the stack question, yes. Then we might as well use the hint, yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Gen 4. It's a Gen 4 Pokemon. Oh. Oh. Maybe Spiritomb. I know Spiritomb was pretty tricky. Huh. No, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you only got, like, one shot to catch it in, like, Gen 4. You get one shot to catch Rotom, but I feel like Spiritomb, you have to do a lot of things. Yeah, Rotom. There's no way. That thing was like eager to get caught. Yeah, it's just that there's only one of it. Um, like my, I, all I can think of is Spiritomb, but I don't feel like that's it. That's a better guess. It's definitely not the legendaries. I don't oh believe- wait, mm, how hard is it to catch Lunala? Gen four. This is Gen four. I gave you the hint. Gen four. Yeah, and I'll go one did. step further and say it has to do with trees. Um. Okay. That's a good hint. Um, Gen 4 trees. Gen 4 trees. Maybe it's, um, it's got to do with the tree, and it's in Gen 4. So Gen 4 had a fun mechanic with trees. And it wasn't just headbutting them? Nope, that was nope. Gen 2. Nope. Wait, the, what about the honey? No, honey thing was still Gen... The honey thing was Gen 4. Gen 4. Oh, the honey thing was Gen 4? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, but that wasn't hard. I don't think, or was it? Maybe there's like a super rare Pokemon. Oh, what was, what was it wait best? a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Trees, honey, 
Was it? Isn't Munchlax really hard to catch? Really? Wait a minute. Munchlax was introduced. The fine percentage. Well, I'm still confused by the way. Like, so you so have you have you have an encounter rate, but then there's also things that can affect the counter rate. And so because I already ruled out Feebas for you, Feebas is a good example of this. Um, uh huh. Feebas had yeah. you had to go find the specific three tiles that Feebas was in, but it could already and have a low. And it was like already changing which tiles yep. it was, and it was mm-hmm. like yeah, Feebas like will die for all of our sins because it put us through the work. I feel like I think it's Munchlax. I feel like Munchlax was supposed to be really rare in Gen 4, and I think you got it through the honey. Because Munchlax is a Gen 4 Pokemon, isn't it? Yes. Technically, yes. Even though it showed up before Gen 4. <laughs> is that your final answer? I can't think of a better answer. You can go with Munchlax. That is correct. Yes! The answer is Munchlax because... Fun- okay, so here, here we go. So there are 21 trees, uh, honey trees, in Sinnoh. That you can lather honey on. And of those trees, three to four of them will be capable of uh, finding a Munchlax with a 1% encounter rate. Uh, these trees are not are predetermined by your secret ID and your trainer ID. So um, it's really difficult to find a Munchlax because you have um, like a, a, seven per, or a one-seventh of 1% chance to get a Munchlax. And on top of that, unlike Feebas, you can't just, like, keep staying in the same spot. You have to, like, keep putting honey on the tree, wait 12 hours, come to the tree, and then do it again for that 1% chance. It's, it's absolutely... Now they just give you one, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely awful. Yeah. Or you can just breed for it, which yeah, is you probably can, Well, you can breed for it back it, then, too, but if you were, like... Which is probably those, easier, but if you're trying to catch it, yeah. yeah if you're trying to catch I it, knew, it's awful. Yeah, when you... Thank you for that hint, because I wouldn't have figured it out without the hint. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, okay. wait a minute, Munchlax is ridiculous. Yeah, I remember Munchlax being weird. I didn't know how weird it was, but I knew it was weird. All right, so next question. As always, is a stat question. And I want to ask you guys about special attack. And I want to know which normal type Pokemon has the highest space special attack. Oh, I actually know this off the bat because I try to memorize these. And it's a three-way tie, I'll have you know. It actually is, yes. Yes, Mega <laughs> Pichon, uh, Porygon Z, and what's the third one? Mega Pidgeot, Porygon Z, and one more that I can't remember at this moment. Oh, what else? So can I get two points for that because I know two of the three? No. What's the third? Mm. I'll give you the. I'll give you one. If you point. give me a minute, I might come up with a third too. Uh, if you come up with a third, maybe I'll consider it. But I all right. So won't. I know it has. It's either one thirty or one thirty-five is the number. Um, I'm glad that you went and went and memorized all of these. Yeah, um, I, I'm like. If I know them all, it's a guaranteed point, and it's not that hard. Most of them are like, oh, it's a mega evolution or a legendary, right? It's not that hard to have these memorized for six things for 18 times. Like, it's oh not. Gosh. Yep. Um, <laughs> Some of them are the same, too. So Yeah, a lot of them, there's, like, overlap, right? Like, okay, so. What's, what's the third special one? Special attack. What is the third one? Um, special attack. No. What is it, like, 165? It, no, it's 135. Um, I'm way off, then. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got Porygon Z, Mega Pidgeot, and what was the other? Nope, that would be Mega Kangaskhan, the other normal uh, Mega Evolution. It's not that. I kind of, no, it's not slacking, I don't think. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, it's, it's, I want to say Mega Adeno. I want to say Mega Adeno might be the third one. Uh, I don't think so. No. Well, mm. it's, more, it's more of a defensive model. It is defensive, but it was... It, 
more specially, you're right. I don't think it's Mega Adeno anymore. Um, is it a Mega? I'm not going to give you that. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Not, there's not that many Mega normal Pokemon. No. no, there's like two or three. And Mega. I'll, just just give me your Pidgeot answers. I need, I need your answers. You got to turn in your work. Um, oh, uh, okay, so there's Porygon D, Mega Pidgeot, and. I need it now. I need I'm just going to go with slacking. That, no, Regigigas. That no is, that is uh, correct on two, but incorrect on one. Uh, the third one you're looking for is actually Drampa. Drampa! I should ugh, I should uh, know that. Base 130, yeah. but Porygon Z and Pidgeot, Mega Pidgeot fit the bill, so that that's perfectly fine with me. So that gives you uh, one, two, three, um, four, five points today. Yeah, five. You guys did pretty well. That's, good. that's quite good. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. That's higher than I'm the average. I, I'm glad I've learned all of the stats. <laughs> now that I know that, I got to start asking lower, lowest stat questions. I'll um, memorize those two. Uh, well. Oh, well, man. Sunkern, then we got... Uh, so the rate, the rankings have changed, though, by the way, um, pretty significantly. Uh, let's let me sort these. Uh, so Sublime is now in first place by twenty with twenty three points, followed up by Scrawn in second place by eighteen points. In third place, we have Jushiro with eight points, followed up by Maximus in fourth with seven points. In a four way tie for fifth, we have Bosephus, Basket, Shamu, and Snag with six points. In ninth place, we have Viger and Whimsicott tied, and in eleventh place, we have Gator. So that's where we are here to gate, guys, and we are going to uh, take a short break, and we'll be right back at you with the topic. Hey, Puckalonians, it's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast? Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube all from our website, PucklePodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Puckalonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube at YouTube slash Puckle Podcast. And we also have a Patreon if you're able to give anything at Patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the topic. The topic today is going to be favorite spinoff games. So we're all just going to kind of get together and talk about our favorite spinoff games. And we're all going to explain why it's Pokemon Conquest and why. Uh, though I, Sublime said, you said before the show that you have never played Pokemon Conquest. Which is a travesty, I realize, because I, I, I love can't believe you haven't played tactical it. RB. Yeah, like I'm the biggest Fire Emblem fan in the world, and I have not played Pokemon Conquest. Well, because... I haven't played it either, but what? I'm not a big fan of Fire Emblem. Okay, that, that at least that's not as much of like a travesty, but like yeah, like it is a travesty for me not to have played it because Fire Emblem is the jam. I still think you both should play it. Uh, oh I, yeah, we can play it. Just let's say like I I knew I wasn't gonna like that game at first. That's why I didn't go for it as soon as it came out. Let's order it on Amazon right now. How much is it on Amazon? Let me know that. Let me like, tell right you now, because I, I will tell I'm you. I'm gonna believe it's very expensive. Because... It is eighty two dollars. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. I think oh, when you buy yeah. it used now, even at GameStop, it's still like forty bucks. Jesus, can I, I'm just gonna well, download it digitally actually, if I can. Then it's not. It's a. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's a DS title. Oh, that's why. Well, damn. That's why. Mm-hmm. Really? Because well, I can, damn. Twenty four ninety nine. Where at? Where? Where? GameStop. 
Yeah, games. Okay, there we go. GameStop is probably the place to get it used. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I have to do grocery shopping today anyway, so I'm gonna stop by the GameStop and see if uh, I can I'm get this. Check your store to see if they have it, though. Yeah. Okay. Check. Check. I'm gonna see if there's even actually one in my the area. I'm looking at is different from where you live. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they true, have it here. True, true, true. Um. Oh yeah, they have it in a few of them here. So I mean, there's they're scattered all around Columbus, Ohio. So you could definitely pick up. I I would imagine you'd be able to find one. But it's one of those games that like somewhat maintained its value because I think it was like a thirty dollar game when it came out, and so they're selling it used for twenty five. And I think it's it's honestly like uh, a diamond in the rough because every time I bring it up, there's always like three or four people who are just like, I don't know Pokemon Conquest, I have no idea what this game is. Yeah, and like it's a strategy game, right? But like, yeah, uh, and so it's based on there's this how other... similar is it to Fire Emblem? Let me ask you that. Well, so. This game isn't based on like Fire Emblem. It's not like it, it's not an exact like Pokemon to Fire Emblem mapping exactly. Sure, sure, but so it's, it's the same genre. On, yeah, it's based on another game series called Numbunga's Ambition, which is only in Japan, and it, it's it's still a tactical RPG. However, unlike Fire Emblem, where you know you get some maps that where you bring like 13, 14 units, right? This one's always limited to I believe four or five units max, and you get mm-hmm. generic ones every once in a while. And all of your mm-hmm. characters have a Pokemon and they have a po- bond with said Pokemon. There's some wild Pokemon encounters that you can have as well. So like you can have a, a warrior that that's what your characters are called in this scenario. You can have a warrior go and they'll go to a location and they'll find some wild Pokemon there. They'll battle the wild Pokemon and there's a chance that they'll bond with that Pokemon. And some of them have different maximum bonds with certain species of Pokemon, which sure. complicate things further because you need a certain bond rate, bond percentage to be able to evolve them and stuff like that, which is, is, is an interesting mechanic in and of itself. So that, that should be kept in mind. So uh, unfortunately, I think the only way to get superior in that one is through an event that was occurring when the game came out. Well, it's really stupid. It. So, but it's still a fun game. It's still worth it. Yeah, it came out I, in Gen I, 5. I'm going to get it. It's at one of the um, GameStops right next to where the Whole Foods is. So we're buying it today. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I would suggest purchasing it just because it it is very, it's a tactical RPG. You move Pokemon on a map. They use a Pokemon move. It's essentially what I wanted Pokemon Mystery Dungeon to be, but it's, uh, it's not. You're also using Pokemon to take over kingdoms and stuff like that. Oh, thank you. And if we're going to go ahead and you, you can do all of those things, you can, you go and catch certain Pokemon, and you take over kingdoms, and you try to stop this man Dumbunga from taking over the world. But then yeah. there's like 50 hours of post-game content as well, in terms of like different, uh, different things you need to try to compete complete after you've conquered the kingdoms. It's a fun game. Uh, I, I'm gonna go replay fun. it now. Yeah, I'm gonna go get it today. <laughs> I'm gonna go replay it after this. But I, I definitely suggest if you if you're looking for a game to play, and you want more Pokemon, but in a different genre, that is the game to go play. And I think and it's twenty five bucks. It's so. not terribly. It's not no. terribly uh, stupid or anything, and it's not terribly stupid expensive like Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which are now more expensive than they were when they were new. So, that's uh, that's something to keep in mind, especially if you want to play it. So that that is my vote for best Pokemon spinoff game ever and always. But I, oh, wait, I, wait, wait. we say favorite now because I thought we were just talking about the ones we like. Oh no, hey. I'm talking about my favorite. Oh, okay. So my favorite is available on two different platforms, and you can actually download it now because it's on the virtual console. It was originally on the Nintendo 64, and that would be Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. 
Oh, that that one? Uh, that actually had like a minor spinoff too in the Game Boy Color. That's the one I'm talking about oh. that you can go get right this second. Well, you can get both of them right this second, actually. Um, if you want the one for the N64, that one is on the Wii U slash Wii. I, I oh, it's on some... the Wii? It's not on the Switch? It's not on the Switch yet. We don't have a... We don't, we don't fortunately, unfortunately have a virtual console on the Switch yet, so you can't get on the Switch. Yeah, I'm not going to download that on my Wii, but I will on the Switch if it comes to it. Exactly. I, I We're all waiting for that. We're all waiting yeah, for I mean, that. I have the spinoff for the Game Boy Color on my 3DS. Yeah, so. they, they actually were running a sale on that when it initially came out, and it's one of the games that when Nintendo does a sale on the eShop, that's usually on sale with everything else. It's a fun yeah. game to pass the time. Yeah, it's just like it's a match-the-blocks-together game, right? It's yep. just Yeah. It's and, unique. Yeah, it, it actually it is, and that's... Honestly, that's one of those puzzle games that is probably only popular because they got the Pokemon coat of paint on it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it got it got the Pokemon coat of paint. And that that was actually the story of the first one when it came out, Pokemon Puzzle League on the N sixty four. It was I just supposed to be some generic that puzzle so game. So much as a kid. I played that so much as a kid. It was so much fun. It was supposed to just be some generic puzzle game, but then somebody was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, what if we put the Pokemon anime characters on it? And then they did that. And it sold really well. I think that only happened in America, too. Let me double yeah. check. I, yeah, just America. Yeah. It wasn't in Japan. Yeah, because it was just a puzzle game in Japan, if I remember correctly. Right, because like you get to play as Ash, and he gets to choose Squirtle, and this was at the height of the anime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes yeah, total sense. I, I'm double-checking this, because it was. I think it was definitely supposed to just be for... It was only the Pokemon Code of Paint in the U.S., yeah, that was impressive for the time being, putting having like actual animation on the car, like for the time being. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Uh, actually, um, just as like a side note, that's not a game. Do you guys remember those little Game Boy Advance cartridges that could they put videos on? Yeah, so you could no. you could watch move you could watch videos on your Game Boy Advance. I did yeah, not. Plus, you have like that. e-reader cards too. You can do the same thing. Oh there. man, the e-reader cards were pretty cool. I. You, I've been actually like thinking about trying to collect all of the e-reader cards from back in the day. Oh, just, luck. yeah, I know it's expensive. Some of them get pricey, but just so I have access to like all of the fun little mini games, because I remember Nintendo Power first when the e-reader came out actually gave away like a Ho-Oh and a Rapidash card that were e-reader compatible, and if you swipe those, you got this cool little mini game where like it was a Rapidash jumping through hoops. So it was it was cool. It was an interesting little thing. And I know there were a ton of other e-reader card games, though. And that was right when, like, I was, like, 13, 14. So I was just like, oh, man, I don't care about buying Pokemon t- trading cards anymore. It's too complicated. I've been out of it for, like, three sets. And now look at me. Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> I've just devolved into this horrible, horrible, uh, like, uh, a horrible uh, money spender on Pokemon cards. Absolutely awful. And I dragged my wife into it with me. And she more than and now me. she's more invested than you. <laughs> Absolutely, actually, like I was. Uh, I know she's the collector. Yeah, I was. Well, so like I was building a deck, um, and so like I needed a couple cards, and I was ordering them last night. I was ordering uh, some Magnezone from Ultra Prism because I'm working on a um, a Duskmane Crossma deck, which I think everybody in the world is working on, and uh, so I, I wanted some. Magnezone because we already have one, but I know she wants to keep it in her binder, so I'll just buy three of my own. And then we were, and so she came up and she was, uh, she saw I was buying cards and she's just like, oh, well, I need a shining Celebi. (laughs) 
to finish oh, the Shining Legends. Oh, and so, oh my god! <laughs> so I bought a Shining Celebi, and then uh, that, that's just our relationship. It's fine. There's no problems there. If we're both in it, it can't be bad, right? <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. So it, it's actually it's yeah, but Pokemon Puzzle League, yeah, for the Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy Color, you can go buy that now. That one's actually really interesting because like there's a bunch of Pokemon you can get for that. Yep. And like there's so many different ways to get the Pokemon. Let me see if I can find it. Um Oh man. Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. It's Pokemon Puzzle Challenge on the Game Boy Color and it's Pokemon Puzzle League on the N64. Same exact game, just a different platform. Well, like the 64 was a little bit better because it has this um spiral. Yeah, it's got like a 3D mode. That was really cool. Yeah. So it was a lot harder than the Game Boy Color. I mean, the, it's a hard game once you play it at like max difficulty. It goes real mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, so fun you have thing. a. Yeah, go for it. No, just it was a fun game. Uh, fun oh, fun thing. game. That's what she said. I, I thought she yeah. said one thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, go for fun it. Fun game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so there are actually more usable Pokemon. So when you start the game, you get Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile because they're just like, hey, remember Gen 2? It's a thing. And the only Gen 1 Pokemon in the, here, surprisingly, is Pikachu. Um, because so, of course. so you can get Pikachu by defeating the gentleman after doing a six block combo in challenge mode. Centret is available after defeating a beauty, defeating a beauty after doing a seven line chain in challenge mode. Pichu is available if you defeat the pokey fan after playing for over four minutes before Claire in challenge mode. Um, Togepi is available after you defeat the pokey fan after doing a 10 block combo in challenge mode. Uh, Blossom is defeat the last after defeating a trainer in 25 seconds in challenge mode. Meryl is available after defeating the gentleman. Do uh, you defeat the gentleman after doing a four line chain in challenge mode? And then there's Glyphot, Igglybuff, Elekid, and Magby, which all come from hatching eggs. And then a bunch of people use Pokemon against you, but you can't use those Pokemon. It's one of those games that bug me because you can't have like all of the Pokemon. It the completionist right. in me, the completionist in me, like just screams when I play this game. Thankfully, they did the virtual console games right. You got your red, green, or your red, blue, yellow, and your gold, silver, crystal all done properly, and it makes me feel real good and fuzzy and warm inside. All right. What about you, Maximus? What's your favorite spinoff game? I'm kind of cheating on this front, but all four of these games do the same thing. It's the main reason why I pick them. Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, (laughs) then we have Pokemon Coliseum, then we have Battle uh, Pokemon XD, and then we have yeah. Battle Revolution. That's fair. Yeah. So they all do the same thing. Just yeah. the fact of being able to play a not the full quest, but seeing our Pokemon on the big screen, mm-hmm. well, not big screen, but our TVs, fully three D, and being able to, to battle other people like he, their friends can come over with their cards or their mm-hmm. games and play with you in a full fledged battle in three D. It's just awesome. Back in the day, hey. And plus, it's, this it's other game, like, yeah, like yeah. one in like Pokemon Stadium, the first one in the sequel, they have the mini game, so you got tired of battling and do that. And then my game with the GameCube, which is actually my favorite out of the four, with Pokemon Coliseum and XD, but the story mode with that, I just enjoyed that a lot. And Those were to good. Get- Those were fantastic, actually. I remember being incredibly excited when I was a kid and getting Pokemon Coliseum. I think I got it at launch. I think I got it at launch because I read about the Nintendo Power that were hyping it up. Nintendo Power, by the way, man, that needs to make a comeback. There's actually a 
a guy on Patreon that I keep ma- meaning to subscribe to on Patreon who does like their own Nintendo Power thing now. Uh, like they're, they're doing like their own like spinoff Nintendo Power. I need to go find out what it is so I can like plug them on the show. But they that is actually a fantastic opportunity. Um, I think that's a huge vacuum that at least like us kids probably are nostalgic about to some extent. I don't know if you guys ever had like Nintendo Power magazines, but nope. I, I absolutely yeah, I, felt, I I know exactly what you mean. I know people who do, but I don't have them personally. Oh man, I I have so many of them. <laughs> I might go do that. I might I'm gonna check that out again and see if they'll actually if they actually send out print magazines. I'm totally in. I'm in. Like I'll be there. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see though. But yeah, no, Coliseum was. Uh, I remember going and getting that game and just being so hyped for it. Especially because it was like a way to get those Gen Two Pokemon that they had cut me off from. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was that was fantastic. Gen Three, finishing the Pokedex, that was the real challenge. Okay, guys. Needlessly, <laughs> yeah, it was needlessly the real challenge. It was so yeah. bad. At least they realized it in the future. They're just like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that, and and then they did. Though to be fair, I don't think they did it well. If I if I'm looking back at Gen three and like how much work I had to go into to complete a national decks, I think now being able to just grab you know all of Gen seven and be like okay I can catch everything in Gen seven, but it's done in the, like the most boring way possible. It's just like oh I have to just constantly go into different wormholes to catch this Pokemon, and I don't know I feel like at that moment it's just a little bit tedious. At least the other one was just like oh I had to go on like three different adventures to go catch all of the Pokemon. The, the only problem is well, my, I mean, my wallet didn't appreciate it, but I appreciated it in my heart. <laughs> well, like, the best thing to happen in quite a while is probably the uh, Pokemon Bank. Yes, I agree. Oh, yeah. For posterity, right? Uh, yeah, no. I <laughs> With as much grief as, like, PokeBank gave us when it first was launched back in 2014, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As, much, as much grief as it gave us, I think that is probably one of the best if not the best thing that they've ever added in all of Pokemon, just because I mean, it's done a lot, right? You, uh, you can now, they, they built it with the future in mind because I'm Which sure is what we, you need for this series. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get PokeBank, you know, three months after the launch of the Pokemon game on the switch on the switch. Yep. Yeah. And we'll get a switch app for it so that you can transfer between the three DS and the switch. And you knew it was like um like this really special thing when you were able to have a Pokemon from the original Ruby and Sapphire yeah transferred to Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire that was that was a huge accomplishment that I was mean, like wow they were they felt yeah. they actually felt bad about that like they, there have been interviews where they felt bad about not being able to bring Gen two to Gen three they, because they're just like we wanted to do it there was just no way for us to do it well uh, at the time and so they they said that was one of their biggest regrets though is not being able to do that. So I, I'm I am super happy that PokeBank fixed those issues, though, and brought us back to the modern age. But Maximus is dead on right about stadiums being awesome. Oh, um, and... Oh, let's talk about the mini-games oh. in Pokemon Stadium for a minute. Yeah. Go that ahead, should Maxim. be its own thing. <laughs> so uh, I, I've said this on the show before, and I, I, I don't know if you guys were on the show when I said it or if you heard me say it on a show before. But I think that's going to be what they do on the Switch. I honestly do. I think that's the way they're going to do it on the Switch. I don't know if there's going to be like a full-on minigame mode that's separate from the main game. But I think there are going to be there's going to be something maybe like the Pokeathlon, some kind of like minigame place that you can go to in the game, so that 
if somebody's sitting on the couch next to you, you can just crack off a Joy-Con and hand it to them. Mm-hmm. I I really think that is that is the way to go. Um, I I really I I also want to see that. I think that is the way to do it, and also something that needs to happen at the same time. Just it would just be a natural evolution. This is the way for them to make the game multiplayer, quote unquote, without uh, without breaking conventions of Pokemon. Because I don't think they're going to break too many conventions here. They, there was that interview that was somewhat un, well, not interview. There was a statement that was unsubstantiated by some company that does another podcast on YouTube that said that oh they're talk- they're going to try to shake things up like Breath of the Wild shook up Zelda and Mario Odyssey shook up Mario. Though granted, I don't think Mario was Those a huge really depart- didn't shake them up. I, like, what do you mean? Exactly. I, I so like, I, I they still I don't follow think- those formulas. Yeah. Well, Zelda less though than the normal Zelda, but I don't think Mario Odyssey changed it up too much, right? I thought it was just a good Mario game. Yeah. And- but when was the last bad Mario game? Let's be honest. Like well, Galaxy knocked it out of the park too. Super Mario 3D World, I think, wasn't that. That's great. not a main series. Wait, that's in my that's mind. not a main Whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I agree with you. I, the re- reason it did so well is because it was, like, the last game since, like... I, I wouldn't even argue that Galaxy was in that vein. Just because Galaxy didn't uh, have the open-ish world aspect that you got in... um What's it called? In Odyssey or Sunshine. Because I can, like, run around, like, hub worlds and everything. But in... um in like Odyssey and in Mario, like when you go into the other worlds, you ha- definitely have some more autonomy than you did in Galaxy. But this isn't a Mario podcast. We won't go into that. Um, <laughs> we won't go into that one. But I honestly, I think those three, those three setup, those three games, I think are honestly treasures that people have missed out on. Uh, I, honestly, they could do a really awesome thing on the Virtual Console where they bring back Stadium, and they'll probably make some money on it, right? Um, you you re you do like. Um, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, and then you let people use the virtual consoles from their 3DS on it, just like back in the day. I think that would be really silly. Uh, There's probably a way to work it out, and it's probably more work than it's worth, but it would be interesting to see that happen. I think that's where where we'll wrap it up. And we're going to go to commercial break, guys, and we will be back with Pokemon of the episode. Until then, we will catch you on the flip-flop. Are you craving some tasty tidbits of Tim Pong? Have you been dreaming of deli bird deli sandwiches? What about some of the softest slowpoke tails around? Well, head on over to the Rhyhorn Steakhouse, where you can pick up all these items and more for $5.99 and higher. Also, check out our new Corsola Cola fountain drinks. They won't make your gums bleed. Head on over to the Rhyhorn Steakhouse. Where if it moves, we'll serve it. Pokemon of the episode. And welcome back, guys, to the Pokemon of the episode. We are, to, are looking at today National Dex number 471, Glaceon, the fresh snow Pokemon. Its Ultra Sun Pokedex entry states that it protects itself by freezing its fur into sharp needles. It can drop its body temperature below 75 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's negative, folks. That's cold. <laughs> that's actually colder than, I think, if you do the math, I think that's colder than 75 degrees Celsius. Negative 75 degrees Celsius. Um, 
I no no I no that no that is lower. I have to remember. I don't remember. I'm I'm dumb. So it's fine. Um I don't know my math. I don't know my math with temperatures. Fahrenheit's a stupid scale. Let's all go to Celsius. It's fine. Uh <laughs> however, <laughs> Glaceon is uh it might be it might be a cold Pokemon, but it's a pile of hot garbage in the competitive scene. But um tis. See what I did there? I made a I made a joke about temperatures. Uh <laughs> So on the outside looking in, Glaceon seems it wouldn't like it wouldn't be too bad. It's an Eevee evolution. It's got that base stat total of 525 with a 130 allocated in special attack, a defense of base 110, a special defense of base 95, and then you go thatch. But where's the problem? And I go, it's in its base 65 HP, its base 60 attack, and its base 65 speed, and also how it's a pure ice type. The one typing that literally gets no resistance to anything but other ice types. So, Probably the worst type. Defensively. It, it, like it is the, the worst, worst type defensively. Defensively, yeah. Defensively, ice type is the worst type. It is So they put all the good stats on the things it can't use. Y- yes. Uh they put it all on its defenses. If they would have like put the one ten in speed and that would be better. And the one thirty in special attack, it would have it might be usable. Though yeah, that I think that's the spread for usable. I think that was the spread for Espeon. So I don't mm. think they wanted to reuse it. Um so that, that creates more problems. Uh, that base 65 speed just kills it, man. And yeah. on, on top of that, it's an evolution, so its move pool isn't that deep. You're looking at, you know, typical ice type moves like Ice Fang, which is a physical move. Um, it gets Blizzard, Ice Beam, Shadow Ball. But uh, it, again, it's a, it's an evolution, so these things don't really add up that well. Very does... shallow move pool on most on the evolutions in general. Mm-hmm. I'm it wondering does... why did this thing not get refrigerate. Just, just based on all right. these Pokedex entries. Right? Wouldn't that be great if it just got that? But instead, I think it gets it gets Ice Body as its hidden ability, which is essentially dry skin, but, ha- but for ice types and hail. So uh, it, regains, ice, it regains what? health and hail. Yeah, but it doesn't absorb ice moves, though. That's a No, it doesn't. It's not like, it's not, a, it's not exactly a one-to-one, but... Nothing absorbs ice moves, actually. No, it's, it shouldn't. It's one of the few types that has no immunities. Mm-hmm. Is really bad. Uh, Which well, is ice, ice typing is really good on. It's really good. It's a really good offensive type. It's great offensively. Yeah. It's just defensively. It's awful. It's such a bad type defensively. Like you want to use ice type moves. You don't want to be an ice type Pokemon. And you know what? Evolution can do that. Uh, Vaporeon. Yes, it can. <laughs> the Evie, the the real ice type Evolution. Um, we the were joking one. on the TCG the good cast. One, at least. The good yeah. one. Uh, so if you do want to run Glaceon in the in the video game, you'd probably best do it in the PU format where Glaceon is. Um, however, if you're going to be playing against uh, those Pokemon, you're looking at a heap of trouble in in the viability and usage rankings for the PU tier. Well, we we have a list of threats. So first of all, we have S ranked Archaeops. Archaeops is a rock type. It's going to be super effective for your Glaceon, and it's definitely going to go first. Following that in the A plus rank, you have Pharaoh Seed, which is just gonna it's just gonna hurt. Uh, Magmordar, you have Pyroar. These are these are all things that are just gonna hurt it. You've got Machamp, Girder, uh, Primeape, a bunch of fighting types in this tier, and so that, that these are just huge these are just huge problems for um, for Glaceon uh, to handle. So that, that's other things. Also, there's you're also in a tier that's already flooded with ice types because this is where all of the substandard ice types have come. Because ice typing turns out isn't a good type, uh, 
as we were just Reg discussing. Ice is in that tier, isn't Reg it? Reg Ice is in this tier. It's already ranked higher than it in the viability rankings. You have Articuno in this tier, which is double Why would you not? Rocks. Yeah. Wait, Articuno's in this tier? Articuno's in P. Articuno right is like the ugly stepchild of the legendary birds. Yes. We don't talk about it. Yeah, we don't. Really? We don't. I thought that would have been Moltres, honestly. No, Moltres is quite good. Um, yeah. Alolan Sandslash has been, and has been banished Better to the PU. So we, we've just got a ton of ice types down here. Yep. And they're they're all fantastic, but you just got a ton of them. And they they all outshine a Glaceon. <laughs> and there's nowhere, there's nowhere further that Glaceon can fall. But if you're going to try to do it anyway, guys, let me give you some advice. Uh, Glaceon is probably best used as like a choice specs uh, mon. You you want to use your Ice Beam, the Shadow Ball move that it gets, some kind of hidden power. Um, probably fighting so that it can handle things like Pharaoh Seed, so it can't get walled. Um, and then you can of course go and throw Frost Breath on it as well, which is almost a good move. Um, and then you want to go Modest probably because Timid isn't going to help that base sixty five speed go anywhere. And you're going to go. Uh, 252 special attack, 252 speed, and throw that four in defense because that's just way better than the four in the special defensive base. What is it, 95 versus 110? And that's where you want it, guys. That's what you want to do. That's uh, that's my that's my speech on Glaceon. But Glaceon, however, is uh, redeemed in the trading card game as of uh, Ultra Prism. And actually, it had a really good EX card. Now that I think yeah, about it, it as did. Well. The EX card was just as good as the GX card, in my opinion. You and it's still in rotation, so you could use both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sublime, go ahead and tell us about that GX card. Let's start with the GX because I'm looking the EX up still. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Glaceon GX just came out. Go get it. It's going to be played for sure. Um, absolutely, has. absolutely. Yes, uh, it's a stage one GX, right? It has 200 HP, and what's really awesome is its ability, Freezing Gate, which reads, as long as this Pokemon is your active Pokemon, your opponent's Pokemon GX and Pokemon EX in play, in their hand, and in their discard pile have no abilities except for Freezing Gate. Um, So because it evolves from Eevee, and there's that Eevee that can evolve turn one when you attach an energy... Mm Mm-hmm. You could put Glaceon as your uh, active Pokemon on turn one. Now, if you go first, that means before your opponent even has a chance, you can shut off all of their EX and GX abilities. And that includes such popular Pokemon as Tapu Lele. Mostly Tapu Lele. Yeah. I it think, also I shuts think, down I think there's a Zoroark, right? There's a lot of, like, a lot of card draw right now comes mm-hmm. from Pokemon. Yeah, Zoroark. And this shuts it all it down. Shuts, it, I, does it shut off all abilities or is it just GX and EX? GX and EX, but like the Zoroark is yeah. a GX. Yeah, the Lele is a I mean, GX. You're still seeing a lot of play with the what's it called, the Octillery. You see a lot of play yeah, with those, but that's not as effective. No, I agree. It's not nearly as effective as using yeah. Zoroark. And so we have its attack, uh, Frost Bullet, which is a uh, water and two colorless energy, which does 90 and then 30 to a benched Pokemon. That attack has existed before. It's not impressive anymore, but. For the ability attached to it, that's not bad. No, not at all. And then its GX attack is called Polar Spear, which is the same price, and it does 50 damage for each damage counter on your opponent's active. So once you've attacked at all or done pretty much any damage to something, that's going to KO. Yeah, absolutely. It's really it's a, it's a decent card. It's not bad. It's a very good card. It's a good would, card. It's would, legitimately say, a good card. That yeah, we all gave it a super effective rating on the TCG cast. Okay, I I would have given it like a seventy five percent super effective. It's not like 
Yeah, only only because I don't think it's a card that is um it, it's something that you're gonna build a deck just for Glaceon. I feel like it's no, it, it's, it's gonna be Glaceon plus something else. For sure. I mean? But like if Glaceon's a part of the winning formula, Glaceon's oh, a yeah. winner. I, I I agree. I just feel like Glaceon's Glaceon's the magic formula for making something else better. Like I think you could go ahead and take um, maybe a Lola Nine Tails and like add Glaceon to it and work with that. For sure, I think that, sure. that might be something you want to do. Or right now, what is seeing some interest is Glaceon plus Decidueye, mm-hmm. um, because that Frost Bullet attack can target the bench, and so does Decidueye's ability. Yeah, that's or not I was bad just talking to Gator and Jashira about this right now before we started recording. The next set that's coming out is going to have. Greninja GX because we can't mm-hmm. give him enough love in the TCG. Um, we can't give him enough love in general. He's like he's like right, the new Charizard, right? right? Ugh. Anyway, um, which does damage just when you play it, a lot like the Golbat and Crobat line. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think Glaceon will see some success. Absolutely, I, I think we'll definitely see a Glaceon deck like uh, pop up at the next tournament, at the next regional in Top Cut. I think you could definitely see that. Um, so that is going to be it for Glaceon. Uh, it is a, an evolution that is a Pokemon that has good cards. Well, I guess the EX card as well. The EX card is not bad. Oh yeah. Let's go over that super quick. Uh, uh it's, that's it's, still it's honestly all about that second attack because there's a Jolteon EX that yes. does the opposite of what this one does. Right. So Jolteon EX, I know for, I believe it is a, it's an electric energy and double colorless. We'll go ahead and one of the attacks does like, uh, I think it's like 70 or 80 or maybe I'm wrong. And it can't take damage from basic Pokemon, and the Glaceon's the opposite. Prevents all damage from evolution Pokemon, right? Which is more prominent now than... So the Jolteon was really good before we started getting into GX Pokemon, because uh, the Jolteon, you were playing against a lot of EX Mons, those are all basics. And so Jolteon could almost shut off an entire deck, such as uh, Volcanion. It could shut off Volcanion in its entirety. Now you can go ahead and actually take on... uh, this Glaceon, and it'll shut off things like Gardevoir. It'll shut off things... I, I don't even know what else. Uh, Gardevoir, Metagross. Metagross, which isn't as popular, but it, it, it'll shut off a lot of things. A which, lot of things. Yeah. Um, and you can even combine that, again, with uh, the Alolan Ninetales. Not the not the GX Alolan Ninetales, but the baby Alolan Ninetales. I forget what you said. I believe that's from uh, Burning Shadows. Yeah, I think uh, you're correct. And the, that one shuts off the EX and GX attacks. Um, G- e- EX and GX like Pokemon it essentially it can't take damage from them though the Dialga from Shining Legends gets by that fun fact but no um, one will be using that either so. I, I actually have fun running it in a uh, in a variation of the Dawn of the Dawn, or the Duskmane Necrozma deck um, there's enough room for just like one Dialga because the GX attack is so much fun uh, because you get an extra turn if you put on the GX attack. It just goes back to Yes, for five energy, you can get yeah, an extra Yeah, and with turn. Magnezone attaching for free, it's easy to do. Um, you, you, you don't do it, like, early game. You do it, like, mid-game. There's better choices. Is oh, absolutely. Time. Absolutely. But this is way more fun. Take it for what you will. All right, so that is going to be our Glaceon. Uh, our Glaceon for the episode. So yeah, we will catch you guys. We're going to kick it on over to the mailbag then guys. So let's, let's go on over to that mailbag. It's mail time. It's time for the mailbag. Sending your emails. 
Miles here. Check your inbox. It's time for the mailbag. And welcome to the mailbag. As always, the mailbag is brought to you by the energy drink, Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves! Oh, that was a solid one. Man, that was my favorite one. Let's just do that again. Uh, <laughs> that was really good. But either way, if you are new to the show, this is the part of the show where we read listener emails. You can send us an email at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. At the same time, of the emails we're reading, we pick about three every week. Though if there's more good ones, we'll go ahead and do it. Uh, so if we didn't read your email this week, we apologize. Please don't let that discourage you from sending emails in in the future. We really like hearing from you guys, and I read every single one of them, I promise. But we're going to go ahead and read a few emails today. We will be giving out the coveted green Tauros badge roll on our Discord server. So if you want to look green and look flashy and pop up in front of other people, you can do that by winning the green Tauros badge. The way you do that is by encouraging the best discussion between the co-host in your email, asking us questions, giving us time to think about our thoughts. So we're going to go ahead and open this up with 10 little men. All 10 of them wrote in. Oh, well, if it isn't the magnificent Maximus, the sensational sublime and the treasonous thatch. 10 little men is back again. Once again, to answer this week's mailbag question, I'm excited to finally be back in the mailbag game. But before I begin to answer the mailbag question, I must fix the grievous fallout that Thatch tried to spread in last week's episode. Pokemon 2000 is a good movie. After all, it's pretty dang groovy. However, spell of the note of known is the best. That's a fact which all experts attest. With that off my chest, I should probably begin answering the mailbag question. In an attempt to keep this email short and sweet, I should say what I find to be important in a region. You guys didn't really touch on them in the last episode, but one of the things I value highly in a region is the quantity and quality of the region's dungeons. For example, uh, uh, for Caves, uh, Jagged Path, the Abandoned Ship, and more, it is packed to the brim. Oh, wait, I skipped a line. For example, Hoenn has a solid number of great unique areas. Meteor Falls, Petalburg Woods, Mount Pyre, Shulk Cave, Jagged Path, and the Abandoned Ship, and more. It's packed to the brim with really interesting and diverse areas. On the flip side of this is Sinnoh. You spend half of the game in one mountain and most of the game feels very samey as a result of this. Most of the unique areas that jump out to me in Sinnoh are all awful to actually traverse. Snow, swamps, Solacean ruins, the foggy route, the Fugo ironworks are all really cool, but also incredibly frustrating to navigate. All the caves look the same, all the lakes are basically copy-pasted, and it gives the whole world a really lame feeling to explore. Well, wasn't that wasn't really short at all. And maybe a bit too negative. Sorry about that. The underground is better than secret bases, though. Uh, 20 geocache flip-flops, 10 little man burrowed away. Honestly, he's not wrong. Uh, I, I, the, I, I take all of those points. Like, he's right. Gen 3 beats Gen 4 in terms of, like, diversity of dungeons. Although Petalburg words, um, Petalburg Woods words, um, is not unique. Uh, oh, I agree. I felt Petalburg Woods felt exactly like Eterna Forest from Gen which 2. Which felt exactly like the Viridian Forest, which felt exactly like Ilex Forest. Which felt exactly like, like that one forest honest. in Gen like, 6. Like, the forest is the, not exciting. The before the first gym, yeah, pretty much. That was, that was his one falsehood, so therefore everything else is false. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this next email is going to be from Uncle Oshawott. I think this is for you, Maximus. Yes, it is. <clears throat> Let's see. Pokemon give and Pokemon take it away. This is a saying we fans have learned to know, though maybe not love. Every generation, 
Pokemon has brought with it a slew of new features and content, only to have it retcon come next generation. We Pokemon fans have gotten used to this system by now, but it's not to say that we do not wish for old content to come back. I personally have become accustomed to this system. So the big thing I want to come back from previous generations may not be all that grand, per se. The thing I want back in my Pokemon games isn't really from any one specific generation. Breaks in the fourth wall. What I meant are the encounters such as signs that tell you to throw Pokeballs, not the game. Game Freak having an in-game location, and yes, in line dancing men being aware that they are literally only there to act as an invisible wall. This meta humor is one thing that really makes a Pokemon game for me, and has been mostly absent from Gen Three, I mean Gen Six onwards. It may have seemed like a stupid thing to want, but hey, there's only so much you can wish for in a game about catching animals in balls. That's pretty much on the boring wish list of what I want in Generation 8, besides, of course, Super Training. I look forward to seeing what everyone else in the community has to say on the subject as well. I kind of like a Battle Frontier too. Hey, Joshua, I'm with you on that. Oh, man, we don't want that. Well, with that being said, I, Uncle Oshawott, wish you adieu. Why am I thinking of all these other things I want to do by now? And have a great day, Puckle. <laughs> well, thank you to Uncle Oshawott for that. No, he's not wrong. Like, Battle Frontier would be, like, number one on wish list. Like, not, I, I think we talked about it last episode, but specifically the one from Gen 3. Like, Pokemon Emerald oh, Battle yes. Frontier. The, the one from Gen 4 was not that great. Mm. the one from gen 3 was fantastic though that one was just like spot on great and then they messed it up and they, and they had the nerve to tease it too I'm saying like, just oh my no gosh the fact, that they, the fact that they even mentioned it in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire like it would have been one thing if they wouldn't have mentioned it but yeah. then they go and they mentioned it and I'm just like don't do that guys don't do that you're gonna there was, there was actually some theory that if you like waited on the game for like a certain amount of days like that it would actually come back out. And I'm like, this is a Mew under the truck criteria here. Um, it was it was just so bad. That was that was Same mean. to the game corner. But mm-hmm. the thing is, I understand why that was taken out. Yeah, they did that because they got in trouble for a lot of gambling things. For legal reasons. For Well, it yeah. wasn't even legal things. It was like, it was something to do with like the rating they would have gotten if they would have left it in. And they want Pokemon to be like rated E for everyone, right? It has to be right. And if you put that in there, apparently it would have been like in Europe, it would have gotten a higher rating. And so they got rid of it because of that. Wait, quick question: um, Was the game corner um, in red, um, red, blue, silver, and gold in the re- in re-releases ever changed? Yeah, no, it's still in the re-releases because I, I'm nuzlocking yellow version right now, and. So you can so fun, so you want people, that Dratini, don't you? Well, there's no Dratini in yellow version. Um, mm. Yeah, at the at the uh, game corner, it's like uh, I forget what it is. It's like Porygon, Scyther, Pinsir, and something else. And Abra, yeah, Abra. No Abra, song. no Abra in yellow. Uh, yellow is yellow. Weird. Yeah, yellow's weird about it. And but uh, the thing is, you can you can hack these systems essentially uh, because. Uh, I've seen a lot of things where it's just a random chance and like getting coins and stuff like that. That's not true. Uh, what you do, uh, it's if a you're, pattern. 
Well, so if you're playing the game, what you do is the slot machine changes, but there's usually one or two lucky ones in the casino at a time. And so what you do is you go get like 500 coins. And what you do is you sit down and you play four games on each machine. And if you win two times within those four games, just keep going. Because it means that machine is probably lucky and you're just going to make it, you're going to make out like a bandit. And like, I've done this before. If you're at a certain machine, you can sit there and just like farm coins the entire time. So just keep that in mind. It's slow, but it it works. It works. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a thing you can do. But moving on then, I guess we'll, we'll go on to hens. This one's for you, Sublime. Yes. All right, Puckle. It's hens here. And first of all, before um you all before I bore you all on why Johto is by far the best region, I just need to ask, who is hyped for uh, Puddle uh, Piddle Season 2? I am, and this time the Scythers will be drafting some proper synergy rather than just some fun things, like Mew and Conkledor. Anyway, now I said that I might as well answer the mailback question and tell you all the best part of Johto, which did I mention is the best region. So I think Johto is great, just in case you didn't catch on. We get steel types, day and night, and even Pokemon walking behind us. In fact... You can catch an awesome Scyther in the bug-catching contest early in the game. So plenty of reasons to like it, but one of the greatest things about that game is the way it links up with another region. Honestly, the only game with passage into another region, arguably two regions, if we consider the Sinnoh Ruins event in the Gen 4 remakes with Cynthia, but enough of that. You can go to another region. And if that wasn't enough, who didn't love having an epic battle against themselves from the first game on top of a treacherous snowy mountain at the end? Now that is the best part of the Johto region, an epic finale to a journey across two entire regions. So that, so with that, I end my mailbag. But for you, your, for you spectacular hosts and co-hosts, I have a question. If you could join two regions together for one game, which would you choose? And then at the end, which rival slash champion from other games would you like to battle with like Red on Mount Silver? Ooh, and that's it. Hope you enjoyed. All the best, Pocalonians, and I hope you have a great week, Hens. Okay, so let's answer that first one. If you could join two regions in one game, which ones would you choose? I, I personally, I think I would take. I honestly want like um, Alola and Kala or Kanto again. Like I want an updated Kanto from, you know, a couple years after Johto or Gold and Silver take place. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Though, I don't think you could properly give me Kanto without me being peeved that I can't go to Johto. Yeah. So, that, mm-hmm. that's one thing to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're going to do it, why not both? Right? <laughs> mm. Why not both? What about you guys? What, which two would you, like, put together? Uh, Unova and Kalos. Uh, you're wrong. I okay, like black so to white to Unova. <laughs> okay, black to white to Unova. Okay, maybe. I had a good dex. Yeah, okay. I'll take black if to white. If that's your big too. criticism of Unova, we'll just do the updated version. <laughs> the one that's not garbage. Complete garbage. It's just a circle. It's not fun. The map's but it's not like, fun. there's a lot of cool locations. Like, Chargestone Cave is still my favorite cave to this day. That, that, that is probably the best cave that ever existed. You are right. Um, what about you, Maximus? Which two would you put together? Hoenn and Alola. That way people will stop complaining about the whole water aspect. You could surf from Hoenn to Alola. Can we do that on the back of a Mantine, but it's like a 30-minute Mantine surf? Oh, that'd be great. That'd That'd be be, great. That'd be awful. Uh, Yeah, it would be awful. (laughs) That would be awful. A 30-minute Mantine surf. Like, I feel like it's already just like a little too long. This is like a little bit. Just a little. All right. Uh, And then the last question is, 
Which rival slash champion from other games would you like to battle like Red on Mount Silver? Um, I personally, I don't know. I don't think anything could top Red, personally. Silver. Uh, I don't think so. I, I wish they would have expanded okay, on the story a little bit more. Here's my vision. Here's my vision. So. Team Rocket. Take, go into other regions, kind of like we had with Rainbow Rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it's not Giovanni. It's Silver. Uh, but Silver doesn't like Team Rocket. Like, that's that's been confirmed. Okay, but maybe he's, like, making his own thing. I don't know. He's, like, the last good rival. He's the last good rival. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think I agree with that. And Blue already had his moment, so let's mm-hmm. give it to Silver. Honestly, let's make a game that's just, like, the manga, please. Thank you. And because, like, the gold-silver manga just gets crazy with, like, Silver's backstory and everything. And how Team Rocket operates. Like, you don't get Team Rocket. You get Neo Team Rocket. And, like, there's another guy who's kind of, like, gets this, like, running the show from the back. And it's crazy. So give me that. Definitely give me that. What about you, Maximus? Who would you... Uh, which champion would you battle again? You know what? I'll go... Since you already... I don't want to copy you guys. So I'm going to say Cynthia. She's, like, besides those two, like, she's she's one of the most prestigious champions out there. Everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. I think everybody would agree. So Cynthia is probably one of the top. You're not wrong. You're you're right. You're right. She's very popular. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So that's going to be it for the mailbag here today, guys. But before we go, we should pick a mailbag or like a Green Taurus badge winner. So who do you guys think? Who do you guys like? I'm thinking Ten Little Men because okay. he actually recognized every co-host on this episode, which means he's looking at the sheet. So kudos to you, Ten Little Men. <laughs> That's not exactly fair. If he's looking at the sheet, and some people don't don't have access to the sheet, though. If you have access to email, you have access to the internet, so you have access to the sheet. You actually do have access to the sheet. It's public uh, to be able to view it. Huh. Uh, I posted in the Discord server. Fun fact. Oh, he- that. Oh, that's what. Okay, now I was wondering why that was a little weird. Yeah, that's how so- he knows. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, like, I admire that. So, I'm like, good for you, Ten Little Men. That was, like, putting in the extra stuff for me. Just wait, doesn't Ten Little Men already have it, though? No. No, so we rebooted it. Oh. Uh, for the year. Like, every year it's going to be a different one. Oh. We're making people re-earn it every year. You got you to up your badge, uh, your badge uh, notifications, you know? Or your qualifications. I mean, I'm okay with Ten Little Men. That's fine, then. Yeah, all right. Ten little men. We'll, we'll hand that out to you here in a little bit. And so if you guys want to try again next week, you guys can go ahead and email us at pucklepodcast.gmail.com. Our prompt for next week is going to be like, what is your favorite uh, spinoff game? Let us know why and what it is. So that is next week's email. Of course, you can always check out Puckle for everything else it is. Um, you can check us out on our Discord. Uh, the link to the, the invite link to our Discord server is in the show notes, as always. You can also, of course, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. Uh, all those links are on our website, PucklePodcast.com, which is now operational. I have fought with that thing for so long, and I'm almost done. And finally, you can, of course, check us out on Twitch. Uh, only Jushiro at the moment. I believe Scrawn and uh, Shamu are going to be popping in from time to time. But unfortunately, I'm out of I'm out of the rotation for the time being until my thesis is done. That is the punishment I've given myself. Um, but that is at twitch.tv slash the puckle podcast. And if you would like to support the show monetarily, there's a couple of ways you guys can go ahead and do that. One, you can check us out on T Public. 
Um, and you can where you can buy T-shirts of awesome things like Alteria Air and Toxa Pepsi and Course Lacola, Diet Course Lacola and stuff like that. It's it's fantastic. And of course, if you wanted to more directly help the show out, you can go of course go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash puckle podcast, where there's a bunch of cool rewards. Uh, like you can get Puckle TCG cards if you gotta collect them all. You should get in there soon. Because if you don't do it soon, you're not gonna be able to get them all because I don't know when I'm doing reprints, because it's hard to do reprints. Uh all right though, guys, but that is everything. So I guess here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, I'm Trainer Thatch. I'm Mr. Maximus. And I'm Sublime Manic. And it's closing time. As always, I would like to thank our patrons who make this show possible, so let's get started. Thanks to Dark Flame, Ten Little Men, Duly Noted, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Shamu, Mongo87, Snag, Jushiro, Bosephus, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Minor Minetric, Claude Nine, Chris, John, R Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Jestern, The Golden Klefki, Uncle Oshawa, Trevor, TJ, Dexio, Ryuse, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Richard, Daniel, Treby, Greg, Alec, Mikey, Kevin, Kenneth, Matt, Bob, Brian, Rotted Mushroom, Orange Avenger, Thomas, Jedi DJ, Antonio, Dennis, Anime Gravy, Travis, Mark, Beaverla, Inferno, David, and The Real EV. Thanks to all of you guys. Without you, the show wouldn't be able to be as awesome as it is, and we hope to keep making it more awesome in the future. So we will catch you guys on the flip-flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.